solarium, aquarium, terrarium, chest, vivarium, mycelium, Maidarlium Chest Alumium Maximum Meltium Chest Opasium Containium Absensium Chest Chest, chest, chest! chest number 44 where there will be humming and eventually homes to begin with I can offer you 
the queen of diamonds that I found on the ground some days ago near Bronzoi Tor and the numbers 553 and 57 the wonderful numbers 553 and 57 
This was the hum of somebody I love. And now the hum of a fairy sitting in a dock, dripping. And then a hum with an added O, a singing lipless O for home, for the new homes we move in, and we have for you a car. And then another car. And then a mix of songs to celebrate these new rooms we move in, we hold dear, and we hold dear the people in the rooms, and the people on the streets, and the people Thank you.
Inside this brief pause in the music, I will read from a book in my two hands called In Praise of Shadows by Junichiro Tanazaki. 
One of the basic human requirements is the need to dwell, and one of the central human acts is the act of inhabiting, of connecting ourselves, however temporarily, with a place on the planet which belongs to us and to which we belong. This is not especially in the tumultuous present, an easy act, and it requires help. We need allies in inhabitation. Fortunately, we have at hand many allies, if only we call on them. Other upright objects from towers to chimneys to columns, stand in for us in sympathetic imitation of our own upright stance. Flowers and gardens serve as testimonials to our own care, and breezes loosely captured can connect us with the very edge of the infinite. But in the West, our most powerful ally is light. The sun never knew how wonderful it was, the architect Louis Kahn said, till it fell on the wall of a building. And for us, the act of inhabitation is mostly performed in cahoots with the sun. Our staunchest ally breathing our world, bathing our world, or flickering through it, helping give it light. So it comes with the thrill of a slap for us, then to hear praise of shadows and darkness. So it is when there comes to us the excitement of realizing that musicians everywhere make their sounds to capture silence, or that builders develop complex shapes just to envelop empty space. Thus, darkness illuminates for us a culture very different from our own, but at the same time, it helps us to look deep into ourselves, to our own inhabitation of the world, as it describes with spine-tingling insights the traditional Japanese inhabitation of theirs. This was the foreword to the English translation, written by a person called Charles Moore. And then... I'll skip along into the midst of the book. I think of an unforgettable vision of darkness I once had when I took a friend from Tokyo to the old Sumia tea house in Kyoto. I was in a large room, the pine room I think, 
since destroyed by fire, and the darkness, broken only by a few candles, was of a richness quite different from the darkness of a small room. As we came in the door, an elderly waitress with shaven eyebrows and blackened teeth was kneeling by a candle, behind which stood a large screen. On the far right side of the screen, at the edge of the little circle of light, the darkness seemed to fall from the ceiling. Lofty, intense, monolithic, the fragile light of the candle, unable to pierce its thickness, turned back as from a black wall. I wonder if my readers know the colour of that darkness seen by candlelight. It was different in quality from the darkness on the road at night. It was a repletion, a pregnancy of tiny particles like fine ashes, each particle luminous as a rainbow. I blinked in spite of myself, as though to keep it out of my eyes. Smaller rooms are the fashion now, and even if one were to use candles in them, one would not get the colour of that darkness. But in the old palace, and the old house of pleasure, the ceilings were high, the skirting corridors were wide. The rooms themselves were usually tens of feet long and wide. And the darkness must always have pressed in like a fog. The elegant aristocrat of old was immersed in this suspension of ashen particles soaked in it, but the man of today, long used to the electric light, has forgotten that such a darkness existed. It must have been simple for spectres to appear in a visible darkness, where always something seemed to be flickering and shimmering a darkness that on occasion held greater terrors than darkness out of doors. This was the darkness in which ghosts and monsters were active, and indeed was not the person who lived in it behind thick curtains, behind layer after layer of screens and doors. Was she not of a kind with them? The darkness wrapped her round tenfold, twentyfold, it filled the collar, the sleeves of her kimono, the folds of her skirt, wherever a hollow invited. Further yet, it might not have been the reverse, might not the darkness have emerged from her mouth and those black teeth from the black of her hair, like the thread from the great earth spider.
construction site to off the spaces next to you. Are you buried in the city too? You are sleeping when we cross the highway bridge. I give you forehead a kiss. Caretaker, won't you make beyond your way? Close to death, but also hard to kill. What is playing in your headphones? Who are they? I want to meet them some way.
Thank you very much, everybody. Thank you for coming along, really. Thank you up there. Thank you.
make will slide Cars now and then pass me by Approaching city I was being followed and escorted Now in front of me Two cars blocked I could surrender Myself too many hands moving carrying me like a patient but then I saw a mirage of hopelessness and wonder I saw
And this is the end. Goodbye until next Thursday. Kiss.